0: functional analysis, a chiropractic technique, a chiropractic technique based on breathing and movement. Well, you know, we're kind of snowed in a little bit today. Actually, we're not snowed in in Minnesota. We get up and go anywhere when it's 8 to 10 inches of snow and minus 35 wind chill out there today, minus 40. Um, we still get up and go, but it's Thursday. It's my normal day off, a family day, and I thought I'd do a quick podcast on something that's been a buzz of course in Minnesota and you know this is right after the greatest NFL comeback in history. Now Fred you you talk sports sometimes here but why would you push this? Well quite honestly half of Minnesota turned off the game went out and did their bidding and then came back and saw that Minnesota won. So we've all been on YouTube watching uh, reruns and playbacks of a pro football team playing like college or high school kids, absolutely not giving up. And I thought it was really interesting, you know, some of the players and you know they were down 33 to zero at halftime, and they came back and in overtime won. And how how do you change the mindset, now we're not talking kids that you can hoodwink or teenagers in high school that you can hoodwink or even college players that have all the vim and vinegar, that means enthusiasm, um, of youth, you know, being 20, 21, 19, 22, 23 at the oldest. We're talking pro football, people between 23 and 33, you know, if people, you know, smack dab into their adulthood. And somehow they were convinced not to give up. Somehow they were convinced that there's an Easter bunny or Santa Claus. And somehow they were convinced that they put on their pants the same way as the other team and they have every shot in the world on coming back. And they did. So I thought I would talk a little bit about not giving up ever. And the greatest secret success. And the greatest secret success... Is not um, to be spoon fed. You know, having the best coaches, best parents, best support network, being born into the right family, all the financial resources you need, all the environmental resources you need—that helps. Absolutely helps. Um, it's more or less not giving up, changing your reality in the face of in the face of impossibilities. Now, what does that all mean? Okay well let's let's dive in so let's talk about that why would you give up most humans give up when they kind of bang their head against a wall that they have failure after failure after failure and maybe their environment tells them that they're a failure their world tells them they're a failure there's subjective uh, you know inputs that tell you that you're a failure You know, people telling you your failure, your environment. There's objective ones. You got a report card. Um, You lost the match. You lost the game. You know, you had the divorce. You lost the business. You had the foreclosure. You have all those things. You know, the objective basically means something you can see, see, taste, or feel. Subjective is something that, you know, you, you have an impression about. And so if you really think about it, how does someone turn around when they have both subjective and objective inputs, um, diagnosis, if you will, complaints, um, assessments, that you are a failure and turn it totally around? So we're gonna dive into this a little bit, and this may become a series on you know how to become a winner, but the number one thing about becoming a winner is just do it. Now, you, you've seen that in the Nike commercials. Just do it. What they really mean is just go out and make an attempt. You will lose every game you don't play, you will fail at every business you do not open, you will fail at every relationship you do not seek and work at. So, What amazes me is when I hear people say, well, you know, that's not for me, I could never do it. And I'm like, you have no objective proof that you could or could not because you haven't tried. Well, Fred, I tried to diet before. Let's let's diagnose that before. Let's get into that. I work with a lot of clients across the country. And what amazes me is they said, wow, I just can't diet. And I find that they can't go 10 days and stay on a good regiment. They can't do it. They slip. And I'm like, well, you know, you went ahead and had that Twinkie or that beer or went crazy on a big thing of oatmeal that, you know, you're supposed to have a half a cup and you had four cups with uh, honey and cinnamon and sugar on it. You might as well just ate a freaking candy bar. That's when I'm working with bodybuilders. And I'm like, you cause all this inflammation, you're going to be screwed for the next 7 to 10 days. Because that's how long it takes to get this stuff out of your system. And it's amazing to me that, you know, I'll have these people say I can't do it. I said, you don't know if you can do it or not because you haven't physically tried. Psychologically, you're saying you can't do it because psychologically, you've never made a good attempt. And that's not the same thing. You haven't made a good try. You haven't, you know, gone the the extra mile. You haven't lasted a week, two weeks. I'm amazed working with some of these people that are trying to change their lifestyle. And I'll say something simple, okay, you know, take out beer, you know, take out smoking or take this out. And they can't do it when there's billions of people on the planet that do. And they say, well, I can't do it. It's not how I am. And I'm like, do you look around you? Do you open your eyes, look at other people and see what they do? So the first rule of success of never giving up is having your eyes wide open. And having your eyes wide open, you should see both sides of the street. Meaning when you see a glass and it's half full, people say, oh, that's half empty or half full. And we always say when people say it's half empty, they're a pessimist and it's half full, you're an optimist. And I would say, if you say it's fifty percent full, you're just being objective. And Anne Rand, if you haven't never read Anne Rand, writer, she was the writer, author of Atlas Shrugs. Um, she was an objectivist, and I, I know she she was Russian, and she went against the whole socialist communist regime, and was a pro capitalist. She wrote a good good thesis a good textbook on capitalism but i really if you really want to get into objectivism start reading ann rand and what she wrote was amazing and basically laid out you have to have not only critical thinking skills but you have to be objective so when you see a glass half full and it's a 12-ounce glass, you see six ounces of fluid. That's it. That's what you say. And it is. It's true. It is half full, and it is half empty. You don't have to get emotional about it. You be objective. So when people tell me that, oh, I can't do that, I'm like, you can't say that. You're not being objective because you've never tried. You've never tried to hold to a diet that was given to you, and you stuck to it. You've never stuck to a lifting program. You've never stuck to anything that's done. Well, I couldn't do it. The numbers were too high. Well, when a coach tells you to get eight hours of sleep and you don't do it, then you cannot say that you objectively did it or can't do it. You can't. It I always tell people, it's like, all right, say you had double pneumonia, double you had pneumonia in both lungs. And the doctor says, Oh my goodness, we're going to give you these antibiotic pills. I'm going to give you 20 of them and I want you to take two a day, one in the morning, one at night for the next 10 days. Well, what if in day four you're feeling better and you stop taking them and then a week later you have a relapse and you get sick and end up in the hospital and almost die or doctor I took your antibiotics. No, that's not being objective. You took of them. You took 40% of them. You took 30% of them. You did not take the program that was given to you for psychological reasons, for emotional reasons, not for objective reasons. Don't objectively say you can't do it because you've never tried. Well, I did try. No, you did not try. A try is when you go completely through the trial, the program, The information given to you, the instructions from start to finish, and the outcome didn't work. You didn't get the outcome desired. Wow, Fred, what are you saying? Well, if I give you a recipe to make meatloaf from start to finish and you follow it exactly and your meatloaf doesn't turn out well, I can guarantee you, you didn't follow the recipe. You did something different. Oh, I'm gonna pour it out early. I'm gonna pour it out late. Oh, you said to put it in for 30 minutes, and you know, I got watching TV and all that, and it was only 40 minutes, it's only 10 minutes more. I don't understand why this is dry and crumbly. This is the reason we have to have our eyes wide open and objective. You have to be objective. So let's look at what the Minnesota Vikings did they were down half a game 33 to 0 and at halftime one of their one of their defense players went up to the quarterback and said, "Look, we only need five touchdowns." Now, me and you would say that's silly. I've been watching football for decades. I've been watching football since I was probably a toddler. So, let's just give me 50 years, 45 years at the most analyzing and understanding it. I guess I started playing football when I was 8 or 9. So yeah, give me that, you know. So give me you know a good four decades, and I would say it's near impossible because of momentum, because of the skill shown, because you don't have the depth on your uh, bench, you don't have second stringers and third stringers that are so good they could take over and win it. That that's impossible. What happened is the team remembered who they were. I love the part in Lion King that cartoon. And they made a movie, and there's a Broadway play. But there's a great point of objectivism in it. And you could say that it's more motivation, but it's more objectivism. It's that where, you know, the lion forgot who he was. And you see this baboon come over and have him look in the water to see himself in his resemblance to his father. And remember, he's the son of a great king. And he forgot that he was the son of a great king. And once he remembered that, it was all over. His enemies were toast. Why is that important? Because sometimes our own psychology, our own emotions, plays tricks on us. And it doesn't make us think we're greater than we are. It makes, most likely, it makes us think we're less than we are. So the... Real the real secret to winning and making a comeback is remembering who you are. All of a sudden the Minnesota Vikings remember, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're 10 and 3. We're the best, we're one of the second best team in the NFC, and we're one of the best teams in football. We have the best receiver, we have a great quarterback, we have a great running back. And you know what? We're just going to be who we're supposed to be. And it worked amazingly in front of people, in front of millions, still being replayed all over the Internet. Great comebacks for Fred. You know, that that was sports. You know, that doesn't mean anything. Well, you know, maybe or maybe not. Let Let me tell you about some of the losses of, you know, a great man. And I want you to think about this when it talks about when we talk about comebacks. In 1832, he lost his job, defeated for the state legislature. The next year he started a business, he failed in that business. In 1835, his girlfriend, his sweetheart, his fiancee died. In 1836, after all these losses, he suffered a nervous breakdown. Now, we would call it anxiety, depression, most likely we would call it depression today, but it was 1836 and they could not even talk about it then. In 1838, he was defeated for Speaker of the House. In 1843, he was defeated for the nomination for Congress. He then went back and he won and got back into Congress. In 1848, he lost renomination. Well, he's decided maybe Congress isn't for me. I'm winning. I'm losing. I'm going to go work, you know, for, you know, the you know admitted to the U.S. Supreme Court and to practice law. And that's a big thing. But he went over to the Oregon Territory and decided he would try out for a land officer position. He got rejected for that. In 1854, he ran for U.S. Senate. He lost. In 1856, he was defeated for the nomination. This is when we used to nominate vice president and president. Now they're linked. In 1956, he was was defeated for nomination for vice president. And in 1858, again defeated for US Senate. And then in 1860, Abraham Lincoln was elected president and went on to be the best president and to, you know, get rid of slavery and pull this country through a civil war. We could have ended up being two complete countries. And his actions, some we don't agree with. The things he did with the Native American Indians was atrocious. The things he did to uh, um, legislatures in Maryland, he basically just went down and arrested them all before they could vote to secede. We look back and say, you know, these were wrong, they were horrible. But he held the country together through a civil war and is generally considered one of the greatest presidents ever through those lenses of time. The main thing I want to say about Abraham Lincoln is even over 150 years ago, he did not give up. He kept trying. He kept trying. He went back for re-election, tried a business, tried this. He didn't stop. He kept showing up. You always hear the thing, you know, that 90% of success is just showing up. It's true. I've heard 75 50%. No, it's higher. It's 90%, especially if you put yourself in the right position. Be coachable. Listen to others. Get good coaches around you. And if you don't think you have good coaches around you, get better ones. You want people that push you to be the best person you can be. Never give up. Never give in. Never lay off. Keep getting up. If you have fremenies, that's what my uh, girls always tell me, they're friend enemies, um, get rid of them. Cut the cord. Stop talking to them. You need people around you that push you to be the best human you can be. That are happy about your success. Don't stand around people that are jealous. Stay away from it. Stay away from gossip. Keep moving forward. I know I, uh, my wife, when she was just up and coming, in powerlifting, a lot of people that I know were kind of jealous of her quick success. Well, you know, she never, you know, put her heart and soul into powerlifting, but everything she did, you know, she was good at and she put her heart and soul on it, and she listened. She would, you know, as I say when she was bodybuilding, count and weigh the grains of rice she was eating. She did exactly what she was told by good coaches, and guess what? When you do 100% of what you're told, you end up getting 110% of the result. It's amazing. So she put the best coaches around her, I helped put the best coaches around her, and she did fantastic. That's what works continue to move forward and if you fall on your face physically cuz you can't take it or emotionally then get back up and keep doing it don't don't have a fantasy that you can't win that's a fantasy because you'll say oh i gave it a try in the fantasy or the confabulation The hoodwinking of yourself is saying that you gave it a good try, and you did not. I know some people that I can't put on a powerlifting or a bodybuilding program. They don't make it a week before they're adapting, or I did something else, or I went and did three other, you know, cardio exercises. I'm like, why? I didn't tell you to do that. And then a month later, they're wondering why they're burnt out. Well, you built up cortisol, and now you wrecked everything that I was designing. And, you know, my 40 years of experience means something, especially when someone's very new to everything. You have to. You have to be objective. And when you're objective, the glass is half full. It's also half empty. And what it tells yourself, if you want it full, you have to fill it up more. Or if you want it more empty, you have to pour it out or drink it. That's what objectivism says. So how can you be objective? How can, when you're in the middle of a rainstorm, a divorce, a business failure, a terrible relationship, um, physical health needs, be objective? All right, I have this condition. Here's how 90% of the people handle it. They take these drugs, they take these therapies, they take these treatments. Or maybe there's something else out there. Search for the something else, and when you find that something else, apply yourself to it one hundred percent. You will be shocked at your results. Apply yourself. It's so funny. I'll have patients, and I've been, I've been working with patients for what thirty four years, thirty three, when we include my physical therapy uh, work at um, physical therapy uh, and sports fitness and Annapolis, uh, Maryland back in the late 80s. Most people say they've tried it and they really haven't. Oh, I did these exercises. I did these stretches. I go, really? Tell me how you did it. And if they can look in your eye and say they did it, then there's something else going on. But most of the time, they're lying or they're confabulating yourself. Lie is such a harsh word, but that's what it is. Oh, well, I tried this. No, you haven't. You haven't given it a good goal. Well, I got hungry and I'd eat that. Okay, so you haven't tried it yet. Well, I was hungry. You're not, you're 300 pounds, you're 200 pounds. You're not going to drop over dead for malnourishment. You're holding 20, 30, 40% body fat. You could live off that body fat if you drink enough water for weeks. Don't tell me that you, you know, that, oh my goodness, I can't do this. Well, wait a minute. You're doing exercises. You're doing all these extra things. You do have energy. That's because you're slamming junk and then trying to work it off. Stop it. Be objective. Oh, I failed at this business. Where did you go wrong? Did you continue to market? Did you get out there and get in people's faces? Well, no. I sat back. And if someone you know told me no, I walked away. So someone who needs you, your services, your business, they need to sponsor you because it's better marketing for them. And they tell you no because they live in a, such a limited world. You're going to allow them to be limited? That's crazy. I have always seen that my job is to help people reach the greatest potential that they have within them. Not what mom and dad, teacher, preacher, brother, sister, held you back, friend, frenemy held you back saying, oh, you shouldn't do that. You can't do that. You can't do this. You're too old. You're too young. You don't have the right resources. No. Go out and find them. Go do what you need to do to get the task done. And when you do that, when you start looking objectively, yeah, I have this mess. Okay, what do I have to do to get out of this mess? And you start working the solution Rather than wallowing in the problem, the failure, you will be successful. You will be successful. 33 points at halftime is a lot to overcome. Don't tell 55 adults of the Minnesota Vikings. They did it. That should tell you that you have enough resources, you have enough time, that you can overcome anything that's been thrown at you start working the problem find the answers and if you spend all your time working on answers trusting in good coaches trusting in good information rather than wallowing in the problem that it can't be done then guess what you will be stuck as i tell my patients and trainers if you say you can't do it you're right and if you say you can do it you're right it's just a matter of being objective yes the glass is half empty and half full if you want to fill if you want it full all the way you have to add water if you want it completely empty you have to pour it out that's objectivism so start adding water to your glass Start filling your bucket, better information, better workouts, better education, better communication with your spouse, better quality time with your family, and the people that are important to you. Start that. And when you start that, you'd be amazed at the results you get. It's time for a comeback. And if you need a comeback, the first way you start is being objective. Write out all the solutions you can think of. Don't write out the ways it can't be done. Only write down how it could objectively be done. You'd be shocked at what your mind gives you, the internet, your friends, your coaches. It's time for a comeback. And this has been another Fact Podcast.